Well, good evening. Uh, we're the Maldens, and uh, I'm Shane, and this is Alyssa, my wife, and uh, we've been married for 20 years, and um, and so if you had asked us 12 years ago if we would be up here 20 years into it, uh, we would have said no. Um, John McGee was there. He, he knows what we're talking about. Um, but... Uh, but we're just uh, grateful for the opportunity to uh, come and share our story, and our, we hope that you can uh, walk away from it with some uh, something helpful uh, and, and some hope. Um, we shared our story at the Plano campus uh, this summer, and after it was over, we walked down, and people said, hey, that was great, thank you. And then somebody said, hey, you, you looked angry through the whole thing. Maybe you just need to try to relax a little bit. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I realized, yeah, that was probably true, but... The fact was, I was a little bit angry through the whole thing um, because, not because I had to share my story or anything like that, but because I had to think about the way I was 12 years ago, um, and it's not always easy to revisit um, the mistakes that I made in the past. And so, when I look back on that, I, d- I do get a little angry because I'm kind of like, what was I thinking? You know, what, why did I do that? But thankfully, by God's grace, we're in a very different place today, so... Like I said, we've been married uh, 20 years. Uh, we have three boys and one girl, and we got a picture there. And uh, so they range in age from 11 to uh, 4. And so we had three boys, and then we got a little girl uh, kind of unexpectedly. I mean, figured it would be another boy. But uh, we, we met in college at uh, Texas A&M University in commerce. And um, so... It works every time. So I think, we, I think Aggies are awesome. So, um, but, uh, so while we were in college, we dated for two years, uh, and then we were engaged for a year after that. Uh, but during that time, there was a significant, significant event that happened in my life uh, that involved my dad. My dad was a deputy sheriff. He worked out in Arizona. He was a native Texan, but he worked out there. And... Um, he was, uh, they were serving a warrant. They were going to arrest uh, ex-convict murderer, and uh, he, was, he was shot uh, as they were going into the, into the home, and he was shot in the head. Um, miraculously, he survived that, um, but needless to say, the extent of his, in- his injury was uh, severe, and uh, he had to live in an assisted living facility uh, for several years after that. And that, when that happened, that was the, as you can imagine, the beginning of some significant struggles for me and the way that I uh, dealt with it or really didn't deal with it. Um, and that would later on affect our marriage in a, in a very significant way. So looking back at the first years of our marriage, I would say the first years were pretty smooth. Um, we didn't have oneness, but at the time we really didn't know that that what that was or that we should be striving for that. We did have some foundational issues um, that affected us. We're both children of divorce, and so we really didn't have a good picture of what a functional marriage should look like. Um, because of the divorce in my family, I never really separated from especially my mom and sisters and prioritized shame. And so my uh, mom and my sisters just kind of became or stayed my primary family, and Shane was sort of an add-on. We were both believers, but we never got connected to the body of Christ during those early years. We did a lot of church hopping and visiting, but never um, got involved or got in community. 
And um, really those years were just kind of about living for ourselves. We both worked and kind of pursued um, just whatever was fun and didn't have kids. And so it was easy to be selfish. So around the fourth year of our marriage, um, I really began to struggle with depression. And uh, depression is something that I think uh, has been part of my, my life since I was a kid, uh, off and on. Um, but because of the way I didn't deal with, and I, did, I really just kind of ran from what happened to my dad. He was living in an assisted living facility in California, so he was kind of out there, and I just sort of acted like it wasn't there, but of course, it was affecting me deeply uh, emotionally. And so because of that deepening depression, I began to act out, uh, had a lot of uh, rage and, and angry outbursts uh, to the point that uh, I finally, after getting advice from different people, uh, went to the doctor and started taking medication for that. And I would take medication for depression for several years after that, uh, pretty much everything you can take for medication or uh, for depression. Um, also, during that time, I began to develop uh, unhealthy and inappropriate relationships with uh, women at work. Uh, I was a teacher. I was surrounded by women. And what I was lacking in our relationship, uh, I began to seek fulfillment uh, through relationships at work. So I was looking to all these things uh, to try to um, deal with, with the uh, hurt that was in my heart. And uh, John 10.10 says that the thief has come to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come, Jesus said, but I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so that's who I should have been running to, uh, but instead I was trying to self-medicate, uh, you know, through all these inappropriate relationships and interactions at work. And so at the same time, uh, during this time period, um, there was a case manager that began to try to get me reconnected to my dad. And so that also was causing a lot of internal stress and turmoil for me because I was trying to run the other way. Um, thankfully, she won. So when I look back at this time period, um, I think of Proverbs 14.1, which says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears her down, tears hers down. And so if you'd asked me at that time if I was the foolish woman, I would not have even seen that. But looking back, it's very clear. Um, as Shane said, he was really struggling with depression and with acting out. And so instead of... Um, you know, trying to lean into that and trying to help him and um, all of those kind of things, I just decided to sort of focus on my own happiness and and uh, do what I wanted to do because it was really hard to be around him. And so um, I was not around him very much. And so I focused on um, furthering my education. I went back, went to grad school. Um, and because of that, I got promoted at work. And so I was really focused on my career. That was taking a lot of my energy. I kept the focus on my sisters and my mom, um, you know, and that really displaced Shane. I was um, jogging and playing soccer and pretty much just doing whatever I could to make myself happy. I wasn't happy um, with the way things were with us, but of course I thought if Shane would just get better, then we would be good. Um, and so just some examples of how I wasn't priorita prioritizing Shane. You know, he was sick at work one day and needed to be picked up, and, um, and I was trying to arrange for someone else to give him a ride so that I wouldn't have to leave work, and it ended up a teacher at school gave him a ride, which a female teacher, so that didn't help with the inappropriate relationships that were going on. Um, just things like that, like just daily things where I was not 
being there for him like I should have been. Um, I would say we had a really dysfunctional dynamic. It was almost like a parent-child relationship where I felt like I was the responsible one and I was trying to control Shane. And like I said, I was really just waiting for Shane to change. Um, I really saw it as his problem. You know, we wouldn't have any problems if he would just change. And so I was just really prideful and couldn't see my own part in that. So um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And uh, I was not trusting in the Lord during that time in my life. And, and I was getting way off the rails. And so there's an example of that. Alyssa talked about playing soccer and she was in some indoor soccer league. And, you know, somebody came to her in the middle of the game and said, hey, we need you to come over here. And she's like, what's the matter? Well, Shane's heading out the door to go fight somebody in the parking lot, you know, and this was the kind of place I was in, you know, just. And uh, so uh, in 2002, so my, my dad was injured in 1993. In 2002, the uh, complications from his injury finally uh, caught up, uh, caught up with him and he passed away. And so. When that happened, I really got caught up in identifying with him because uh, I, didn't gr- I didn't grow up with him, and so I was really seeking identity and like who he was and who I was and all those things uh, that guys do and the way they identify with their dad. Um, and so I got caught up in that rather than trying to identify with who I was in Christ. Um, a year later, in the fall of 2003, things really started to unravel uh, for me, and so it was the first anniversary of my dad's death, and I wasn't handling that well. Uh, my best friend had moved away, so I was kind of even more isolated. We were unhappy at home. Um, I was spending more and more time with women at at work, and happy to be there and not home. Uh, to the point, so all these things kind of came together to this, you know, big explosion and we had this big discussion where I just basically told Alyssa that I was unhappy and I wanted to leave. Uh, I blamed her for all my unhappiness and uh, I had just become very hard-hearted and calloused. Um, And uh, somehow she got me to meet with, you know, people at Watermark uh, in a counseling session. I wasn't intending to work anything out. I went up there and I basically said, I'm done. Uh, Thank you for your time. Um, and, you know, so in my mind, I, I had my own life going, um, and I thought I would, if I could just leave, you know, this, go over and do this, then everything would be great. And, um, and I was not following after Christ uh, during that time. And so uh, basically, I stayed in the house for another month, uh, living in the guest room. I took my wedding ring off. I avoided home. I would be off hanging out with my friends. Uh, until finally I got an apartment and I left, and I was the one that walked out. And I kind of deluded myself into thinking uh, that I was taking care of me, this was going to make everything good, but I was selfish and self-absorbed and self-centered, and uh, that's not a good place to be in. So when Shane told me that he was unhappy and wanted to leave and that um, divorce was an option, um, it was, even though I knew we were struggling, like it really devastated me and surprised me. And, um, and I was really broken. And so um, I think for the first time, I really um, surrendered to God and surrendered all that pain to him. And um, God really met me in my pain. 
And, um, and through that time, um, it was so difficult, but I learned that God is enough and my hope is in him, that it wasn't in the marriage being restored, but that, um, that it was in him. And so on the uh, Sunday when Shane moved out, um, I was reading the Bible and uh, came across Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, which said, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And so when I read that, um, I didn't take that as a promise that everything was going to be fixed in my marriage, but I knew that God was telling me that he was doing something new with me and that he was calling me to walk faithfully with him. And so um, I had been a pretty casual Christian. I'd accepted Christ at 14, so I'd been a pretty casual Christian at this point for about 16 years and and never really um, was a fully devoted follower. And um, so at this time, because of all of this pain, I just drew closer to God and um, started reading the Bible regularly, just really clinging to the verses in the Bible. Even at work, I had a stack of verses that I would read just to bring me comfort. Uh, Praying all the time, um, I decided I needed to um, take some action. If I was going to claim to be a follower of Christ, then I needed to um, get involved in the body of Christ and in the church. And so I joined the women's Bible study where I just found such loving Um, women who were willing to walk with me through this time. I'd never been uh, publicly baptized except when I was an infant and so um, but felt like I needed to make that public testimony and so I did and I joined the church here at Watermark and just decided I'm going to be all in like it's enough of this lukewarm um, you know saying that I trust Christ but then living my own way and so God really used this time in a big way to draw me to him and just showed his faithfulness to me um, thankfully, I, really, I was able to meet once a week with um, someone on staff here and receive just really wise counsel about how to love Shane, regardless of his response or what he was doing, um, but just kind of was really taught how to be a friend and a wife to him, which I really had no idea how to do that. And I was advised to make it easy for him to come back. And that ran completely opposite of what a lot of my friends or kind of the worldly advice I was getting, which was basically like change the locks, get his name off your bank accounts. You know, you don't have kids yet, so it's not really that big of a deal. You can start over. So I'm really thankful for the the biblical advice that I got. Um, So just some practical ways that I tried to be loving to him after he left was by Um, sending cards and notes, just letting him know I was praying for him. Um, Because I could finally see, like at some point I was able to to see his hurt and to distance the hurt he was causing me from from the hurt he was going through. Like I could see him as a hurting person. And even though his hurt affected me, like I was able to have sympathy for him and compassion for him. Um, And so I would... um, would use a loving tone if he called me instead of kind of that, the anger I was feeling and kind of a hateful tone with him. Um, we tried to think of ways I could show him kindness during the limited times I would see him. One of those times was he would come back and mow the lawn. And um, so we kind of brainstormed, like, what could I do to show him kindness during that time? And, and then we came up with, you know, bringing him a cup of ice water or whatever, because it was still hot at that time. And so, uh, so I planned that for this weekend when he was coming over to mow the lawn. And I got the ice water ready, put it in the fridge, you know, walked it out to him in the middle of his lawn mowing and handed it to him. Here, I got you some water. And he drank some and he was like, it's too cold. It's hurting my teeth. Um, 
like just complained all about yeah. the ice water. So and that sounds a lot more polite than the way I said it. Yeah. So and uh, but I was learning how to be kind regardless of his response, and so I just apologized and said, "Yeah, we'll just leave it on the counter. It'll be you know it won't be so cold." And and um, kind of had a good laugh about that the next week at my little counseling appointment, but um, <laughs> didn't quite go the way we thought. But um, and like I said, just trying to listen to his problems and his issues with me without talking about my hurts and needs at the time, even though I had a pretty long list as well, but just trying to trust that God would provide the right time and humbly apologizing for the way I had hurt him. And then also, I think just God revealed to me how I had not really understood his grief that he was going through over his dad, that I was sort of expecting him just to get over it. And then when I had this huge amount of grief over our marriage, I think it kind of hit me that you, it's just not something you get over. Like, it's just, you don't know what to do with it. And so that helped me um, to see that. And then just God was gently and slowly helping me to see my part in the whole thing. Um, that it, even though Shane was the one who kind of did the big leaving and the, you know, left me and left the marriage, that just to see that I had really left him in a lot of ways um, before that happened. And, and that was a slow process. Um, and so definitely I would say this time I didn't, during this time, I didn't necessarily respond perfectly in every situation, but because of the Holy Spirit leading me and then the biblical wisdom I was getting, um, I definitely responded in a very different way than I would have on my own. And so I look back at this time, just, um, seeing it as a very painful time and it was, um, but also a really sweet time of just trusting God and seeing his hand at work in our lives. And then just God's encouragement day by day um, helped me to get through this. And so during that time, I clung to Psalm 57.1, which says, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. So I'm really thankful for um, Mandy Bagdanoff, who gave her that uh, biblical counsel uh, to show me love. And I'm Thankful that Alyssa listened to it uh, and acted on it <laughs> in spite of, you know, my lack of response, I guess, that she was hoping for. Uh, during that time, you know, all this thing over here that I thought was going to be so great with that green grass, and I got over there and realized there was a reason the grass was green because it was full of manure, you know. Um, <laughs> but I realized that, you know, changing where I Changing where I lived and who I was hanging out with didn't change the emptiness, you know, that I was feeling because I was off running away from Jesus instead of following him. And I found I was still uh, very unhappy and depressed and, you know, things were great for the first couple of weeks and hanging out with my friends that I wanted to. And then, you know, then, you know, people will disappoint you and, you know, all this stuff began to fall apart, and, and my kind of erratic behavior was hurting my reputation with people at work. It was affecting my job. Um, you know, nothing was going right, thankfully. Um, until one night, uh, I was just laying in bed and in my little apartment, uh, just feeling lonely and miserable, and it was like the Holy Spirit just reminded me of the prodigal son. Um, if you're not familiar with the parable... Jesus talked about a, a, a landowner, a father. He had a son. The son went to him and said, hey, give me my inheritance. And he took off, and he ran off and squandered it until he got to the point where he was at such a low point in his life that he was feeding pigs, and he was so hungry. He was looking, looking at their food, you know, about ready to eat that, and he realized, you know, I just need to go home. 
And uh, it's like God uh, just really began to open my eyes to how far I had walked away from him and drifted uh, from where I should be. And, um, and so I think it was that night that I just picked up the phone and called to listen. We just talked, and I think I said, hey, do you want to go to a movie or something sometime? And so thankfully she wasn't like, go to a movie, forget you. We got to talk about this and that and whatever. Um, she said, sure. And so, you know, we began to, uh, I began to kind of make a transition uh, back towards home and we began to uh, date again. And, um, and it was a process. It wasn't overnight, uh, but we began to just spend time together. And, um, um, you know, we went to the mall one night and we had these, we used to wear them, but I don't know, they keep shrinking. I can't quite get it on like I used to. Um, we got these shirts made that said, you know, I heart Alyssa. And she had one that said, I heart Shane. And we were walking around with those on. And, and people, people love those, you know. You, they look at it and they think it's great. And so, anyway, but just things like that. We just started trying to have the fun together. Um, and, you know, just to show you how, how clueless I was, like when Alyssa was trying to be kind and loving to me, I would come back. I would come home to mow the yard or whatever, and, and insult her about the water, and um, and then I would come in and start unloading on her about all the troubles I was having with these friends over here who were all women, not even realizing how much it was hurting her. And I just honestly, it's it's a miracle. If it were me, God would literally have to shut my mouth and you know to hold in the the pain and the you know anger that I would feel. So I I just it's it's miraculous <laughs> that she sat there and listened to that it was loving to me during that time so back to you thank you okay so basically like Shane said we started kind of dating again and spending more time together but he was still you know going back to his apartment or whatever but eventually he started staying home more and more and um and ended up moving back in slowly moving back in um so it was great I was really glad for the reconciliation um it was not all fixed at that point that he moved back in. We still had a lot of problems communicating and understanding where the other was coming from. Um, he had not yet completely cut off all his friendships with his female coworkers. And, and although I had been attending Watermark here for a couple of years and Shane didn't go with me, he didn't jump in and start going with me again. He um, was not at that place yet. And so I just had a lot of anxiety during this time that he would change his mind and leave again. Psalm 112.7 really comforted me. It says, he will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. So even in this time after he came back, I really still had to cling um, to the Lord. And so um, after he moved back in and we began the process of uh, reconciling, um, really what helped us grow, first of all, was just God changing our hearts and drawing us closer and closer to him. Um, we, I felt like at this time we really needed some heavy duty counseling and, um, Mandy, the, the girl who was counseling me here at Watermark was like, no, I think you need to get in a community group with other married couples, which I was really skeptical, skeptical of that thinking, how is that going to fix us? But we got invited to join one. And so that really our community group then, and then the, we've been in a couple more and are currently in one now. I mean, those community groups have just helped us, um, as a married couple just to, to stay on the right track with each other and with God. And so I'm thankful for that community. 
Um, we had got pregnant with our first son a few months after Shane moved back in. Um, and so just having Turner, our oldest son, really helped us to kind of have a common vision of wanting to lead him um, to the Lord. And so that was a big help. And then re-engage. We um, were invited to lead and re-engage when it started. And um, that's just been huge for us. We've led um, groups for several years now, and that's been really, just really good for us to stay on track and to be reminded of biblical truth and um, to keep our own marriage um, healthy like it should be. And it wasn't because there was anything great about us. It was because we had crashed and burned so badly. You know, they're like, hey, come tell us what would have helped you. (laughs) Are you done? I'm done. Okay. Sorry. Um, Okay. So kind of wrapping this thing up. um, So I have a hard time getting through the day. Uh, in a healthy way, if I'm just on my own, right? If I'm just doing my own thing, I can't get through the day in a healthy way. So John 15, 5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I can't get through the day without Jesus, much less do marriage well without him. So, you know, our focus now is, uh, is on abiding in Christ uh, and pursuing him, um, and one of, the, one of the things for me that has changed from being such a selfish, uh, self-absorbed person is that Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and, and gave himself up for her. Um, so I, I am far from complete in that, um, but I am much farther down the road than I was um, in trying to love and pursue uh, Alyssa and, and to serve her uh, each day. And so, um, I guess, I don't know how many years ago it was, but a few years after, after we reconciled, when I began to fall in line and fix my eyes on Christ and pursue him, then I realized, you know what? I'm not depressed anymore. And so, I was able to talk to my doctor. I haven't been on medication for, I don't know how many years. Um, and so, uh, thankful for that. Um, and Christ is just continuing to transform me uh, in, in our marriage. Uh, and so, um, I'm just very thankful. So what we've learned, here's what we've learned. I wrote it down so I won't ramble. Um, here it is. We've learned that when we're both pursuing our relationship with Christ, we tend to respond to each other in ways that foster oneness. And when we're not abiding in Christ, the opposite is true. And so we know that marital problems are spiritual problems. And so we strive to pursue Christ and to pursue each other. And then I wrote, Thank you. <laughs>